Hi, I'm Bill Sing from Faith Presbyterian Church, and I am here with my wife, Melissa. We would like to thank you for joining us for today's sermon. We encourage you to listen in and also hop over to iHeartRadio, Buzzsprout, Rumble, or YouTube to hear more messages during your week. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Winston Churchill once said that a lie could travel halfway around the world before the truth can even get its boots on. It's amazing the types of things that we just naturally accept. In fact, many misspeaks, falsehoods, or dare I say, outright lies, we practically turn them into creeds. We like to think that myths have vanished from the modern world, but that's just not the case. For instance, tell me if you believe any of these. Bulls get angry when they see red. Nope, that's actually not true. Bulls actually get angry when a matador whips his cape around in its face. Come to think of it, that probably make me angry too. Goldfish have memories that only last for three seconds. Also not true. Actually, the memories are significantly longer. It's been seen that they can last up to five months. Dogs only see in black and white. You'd be surprised to hear that actually dogs can distinguish between colors, but they cannot see all the colors that humans can. You need to drink eight glasses of water a day to stay hydrated. Well, turns out that different people are different sizes and use different amounts of energy throughout their day, so some people might need more and some people might need less. Just depends on who you are there. What about that Winston Churchill quote? that I shared at the beginning. Well, ironically, Winston Churchill was not the author of that quote. Somebody else was. So kind of ironic, huh? A lie is a lie and lying is wrong. But for the most part, what we just shared a moment ago, those are pretty much harmless little lies. In fact, we might call them white lies, but dismissing things as merely white lies can actually be pretty dangerous. You'd be surprised with how something so small and insignificant can impact the outlook on somebody's life. For instance, take the notion that humans only use 10% of their brains. Some people take that to mean that there are untapped regions of our brain that if you're able to find a way to use them, you could have superhuman powers. In fact, there are movies that are made based around this premise. Humanists go absolutely nutty over the idea that if we could just tap into our brain's full potential, we could somehow become gods ourselves. So what happens? You spend time studying in a mythological field. You waste time. And for some people, their entire belief system revolves around this idea that maybe you could be the first person in all of history to master the human mind. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul challenges Timothy. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the 
word. Second Timothy was not a long letter, but it was a very important letter. And Paul was drawing it to a close. This would be the last time that Paul would write a letter to his pupil Timothy and probably the last thing he would ever write in his entire life. What would you say in a circumstance like this? To Paul, there's only one thing on his mind. If there's one thing that Timothy needed to know, any final instructions by which he should live out the rest of his life, it was this. Preach the word. In fact, this is even connected to the scripture that we went over last week uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 3, at the end of that chapter, you might recall it. To make all the more clear what Paul is trying to communicate here, I'm going to combine the main parts of these scriptures so that you can put it all together and figure out what Paul is saying. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. He goes on to say, preach the word. Paul warned Timothy that a time would come when a great number of teachers would arise to say what their itching ears want to hear. Now, false gospels have existed pretty much forever. In fact, if you've been listening to this sermon series, you might recall that we already talked about how certain people were preaching that the dead had already been resurrected. Well, there's another group of people that are very prominent throughout the New Testament known as the Judaizers. And basically what they did is they elevated the Old Testament law over the message of the gospel and then basically created a hierarchy among believers where the Jews would be at the top and the Gentiles would be at the bottom. The apostles combated this belief and revealed that faith in Christ puts you under the law of grace. There are a multitude of false gospels today, and I believe it is important to point some of them out. One that exists today, it's one of the most popular of all time, it's been around for a very long time, would be that of the gospel of self-righteousness. More or less, what this teaches is that your good deeds will get you into heaven. There were segments of Christianity that actually believed in this, and in fact, they believed in it so much that they even did away with the doctrine of original sin because uh, you can't have original sin if you are capable of earning your way into heaven where original sin says you can't earn your way into heaven. To sum it up for you, all that needs to happen for you to attain salvation is for your good deeds to outweigh your bad deeds. Prosperity Gospel. This is a promise that if you believe in Jesus and you do what he says, then your life will be filled with wealth, health, and happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. That does not mean, as a Christian, you're not allowed to be wealthy, healthy, or happy. But it is not true that Jesus promised these things to his disciples or to future believers. The social justice gospel. This is focused on the idea that the gospel's intent is to rid the world of social ills. It focuses on the redistribution of basically everything. Wealth, resources, privilege, social status, etc. And it undermines 
doctrine, theology, and oftentimes even the very identity of Jesus Christ himself, all for the sake of social equality. Now, having pointed all this out, I will also say that Christian faith is not purely doom and gloom. 2 Timothy 4.2 says that we should encourage one another in our preaching. Recently, I heard someone say that Revelation, for instance, has a bad ending, has a sad ending. It might surprise the world to hear that, one, Revelation has a good ending, an absolutely happy ending. In fact, the ending is that those who have faith in Jesus Christ and who remain faithful to him will enjoy eternal paradise in God's heavenly kingdom. Number two, the book of Revelation was written expressly for the purpose of encouraging people to move forward in their faith. There are a lot of bad things happening in the world today. For instance, when we look at Ukraine, we feel powerless. What can we do? The Bible makes it clear. Preach the word. God's kingdom is not failing and the world is not prevailing. We just need to preach the word. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. Again, my name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. I'd like to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 in the morning. And please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.